Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Charity Stripe on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. I just wish it would happen already. Me too. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. It's free throws because they're free. Fisher Disciples, DJ, Nikki, Snacks, Kreider. How are you guys doing? Good to see you. The Mightier 1090 ESPN listeners. What's up? How you doing? How you doing? Shohei Otani, the biggest fish, arguably one of the biggest fish in sports history. We're talking about a guy that could be $500 million, $600 million. He could balloon up to uh, a lot. He's been getting a lot of flack in the media. A lot of people are a little upset with his process, a little upset with how the free agents see as period has gone for him about the kind of like gag call that's gone down where no one can really discuss and say whether they have met with him or haven't. Dave Roberts breaks his silence. Yeah, that's what they're calling it. A a gag. It is kinky and it's it's intense, but they're calling it a gag call. Like, hey, you can't say anything whether you've met with us or not. Nick and I, I think we're kind of on opposite ends of the aisle on this one. Toss. I'm not sure entirely where you stand, but I'll kick it to you guys first. Thoughts on Shohei Otani's free agency thus far. Uh, thoughts on the the gag order that I have mentioned. Um, you ordered maybe, a gag. I ordered a gag. It was me. I've I put I put the hit in. Uh, and and maybe some thoughts on where you think he's leaning based on what we've been seeing. Well, I will just say that I, I half agree with you. I have to. I have to because I think okay. the point that you made earlier to me, yeah, off off air was that. What we want to see, like another LeBron announcement. I'm taking my talents to South Beach, which I don't think that's what anyone's talking about. I think the thing that we're all frustrated with is that there's just this, like, I guess, feeling that you're not allowed to say a word if you do meet with him. It's all secret, see, it's all like super in private and everything like that. And I just don't agree with that. I feel like when you're trying to make moves, you know, in free agency and do the best you can. You know, there's teams that are going to end up losing out on him and might end up losing out on other players because they wasted their time talking to him. So, like, they should be able to articulate to the media and to whoever else if they're taking meetings and if they're interested in playing for him. So, at the end of the day, like, Stephen A said it best. Like, if I'm going paying your paycheck, like, what is it? Like, I could talk about whatever I want to talk about. Um, but I will say, like, his process is his process, how he decides and what he wants to do and how he wants to announce it and his reasoning for playing for certain teams. Like he keeps that, keeps that to himself all he wants. Like, I don't mind that, you know, I Mm -hmm. think he's a very soft-spoken player and you know, that's fine. And I, at the end of the day, like we, what he's done for the game of baseball is enough. I think Buster only put out this news article that you and I both had issues with that basically said he's doing a disservice to the sports. Like, Bro, this guy has done so much for the sport of baseball so far as a player for bringing Japanese fans over to to our our game and all at the same time having little kids idolize him, wanting to also pitch and hit now. Like it's what he's doing is just on another level. I mean, it's such a a marvel to watch. Mm-hmm. And so for an, a, a distinguished writer, so-called distinguished writer for ESPN to Thank say you. something like that is just 
It's cowardly. Well, what's the irony is that's probably a disservice to the game. Exactly. <laughs> is him bashing the top player and the in the number one sell jersey to the game. Like the irony is, is like you are one of the top voices and top writers in baseball, and you're turning around and you're bashing a guy's process. Look, if you meet with Shohei Otani and you miss out on other players, that happens every year. Like, I'm sorry. Like, that's part of the game of playing the free agency game. Like, you're trying to meet with everybody, and sometimes guys don't sign with you, and you put all your eggs in the Otani basket, and you miss out. How We saw that when you brought up LeBron James. We saw that with LeBron James, you know, the year that went down. Obviously, I think they ended up going and getting Amari Stoudemire in that same free agency draft class, but the Knicks had put a lot of, the, the, the Knicks have put a lot of stock in the LeBron James. Cleveland put all their stock in getting LeBron James back. Everyone yeah. put a lot of stock in getting LeBron back. And you miss out on people. Part of the game. That's how free agency works. So I, I don't have I don't have an issue with that. I think maybe it's a little intense the secrecy. But look, Shohei Otani could be in a position where he wants as much money as humanly possible. He does have to look out for himself, and no one's worth that amount of money. But if anybody could kind of command it, it is him. He does play two positions. I know he's not going to pitch next year probably, but when he does pitch, he's lights out. He finished fourth in the Cy Young uh, a season ago. He's won two of the last three MVPs unanimously. So from a from a hitting standpoint, he's still one of the top hitters. It's if not the top hitter in all of baseball uh, on a given night. And we'll see what happens when he only has to focus on hitting because he's not going to be pitching next season. I'd so, also uh, love to see just like what the return is on just your marketability too. Right? Like what are you bringing in as an organization um, on Jersey sales and just like international media and all that? Like what value does he bring not only on the field, but what does he bring to an organization off the field? Yeah, he's the number that, one in Jersey sales. How much does that offset your your salary that you pay to him? Exactly. He brings a name. He brings an entire nation. He's the most popular athlete, let alone baseball player in an entire nation, right? He's probably the most popular athlete in all of Asia. You can make the argument. Um, and he's number one in jerseys. Yeah. Like we've been saying, like, look, he bring, and he's a, and he's a likable guy. I actually think the way that the media has, is, is playing this and, and, and using this narrative that they've twisted around and, and spun around to be so negative and so intense. I think it's hurting his image in the long run more than he's hurting his own image. He's probably wanting to take his, you know, he wants to keep it private, keep it close to the chest, be able to kind of pit people and keep people guessing so he can get as much money and squeeze as much out of the juice. And what's going to be probably his only free agency he potentially ever yeah. goes through. So well, I, I I don't really have much of an issue with the way it's going on. No one's ever been a dog and pony show. It's not like judge went to, you know, San Francisco and told us about his trip there back to New York. Oh, New York's offered me like, no, we never, it's always closed doors. We really rarely see what's yeah. going on. So I have no issue with show with, with what Shohei Otani is doing. What I will say is the media is pissed off because they don't know what the stories are. They like they're, they're lacking the, the news that like they're losing out on, on clicks for themselves because there's nothing to be talking about. Right. But How much more do they know about him? than I know he's the biggest fish, but you know, just as much about him, if not more actually than like Cody Bellinger, Jordan I get it. Montgomery. All I'm saying is, is that this is why you're seeing these hate pieces put out there. ESPN's like, go, go, you know, only go put something out there on, on why he's doing the sport of service because we have nothing else to talk about because we don't know what's going on. I mean, <laughs> I, mean you, I would I would say an active gag order is very different than us not uncovering something about a particular player. Those are those are two different things. Whether we end up finding out about Cody Bellinger or not, which we find out about where Cody Bellinger is going all the time or who he's visiting. Like sometimes we don't, but sometimes we do. And I think to Nick's earliest point about like, it's really like 
It's the team that's meeting with them. It's not the individual. And it's never the individual that's leaking that unless it's intentional because the individual wants to play someone against someone else. Like information gets leaked. We're in, we're in a technology era. Like it got leaked. So I I don't know. I, I think it's, we're, we're at an interesting position because we're talking about, you know, he's such a rarity to baseball. He might be by the time he, he hangs up the bat in his cleats, the best baseball player we've ever seen he already might be the best baseball player we've ever seen so there's also like he's setting a precedent he could be trying to set a precedent um i also think the the added element in there that makes it even more interesting is the wrinkle of the fact that um you know he he's never really dealt with the press a lot because of the language barrier and i know he speaks english right but a lot of the times he gets a translator to talk for him for for a variety of different reasons i'm sure and he seems like more of a, a Mike Trout kind of just private guy in general. Um, you intro look at, private guy. Like, right. You look like where he's from, right? He's from a very rural town in, in Japan. So I I understand all of that, which makes the gag order like, it can, I can see how people find it odd and how it's, it's rubbing people the wrong way. And I totally understand that. And there's a lot going on. I, it's interesting, Josh, your point about Next year, like he won't be pitching and he won't have the pressure of pitching. So how good of a hitter will he be? That's what really excites me to potentially see. Like, I want to see him go somewhere and I want to see him swing the bat and I want to see him play excellent baseball. Um, I'm fine with my organization that I root for. And I'm a fan of the Texas Rangers and Josh. I know the Red Sox too, on a couple of other teams have said that they're not actively pursuing him. Right. Because we have that information. We have that information information. and and you could argue that that's a smart thing by those teams and those general managers, because they want to open the floodgates to these other really competent free agents that are out there on the market. And they don't want to shun any of them out. They don't, they don't want to miss out on anything, right? When you're putting together a world series type roster, which both of those teams have won in the last 10 years. And it's nice of me that I get to say that now because we won last year, but it's not just one guy. And, no. and, and that's not what wins you world series. He can help. Obviously he can be a major component and we hope that he wins world series in his career, but that's not what gets you there year in, year out. And you yes. have to make sure that if you're in the hunt, that you stay in the hunt. Yeah. And if you're like, look, if you're the Los Angeles Dodgers and they end up signing him and you're the team that just a can do that, produce good prospects and have a good organization and b kind of print money and just be able to go get him, bets, Freeman and whoever you want. Like, okay, that's another thing. But if you're the Giants, if you're the Blue Jays, again, somehow we know this despite the crazy gag order. We know who's involved. The Angels, you know, who and, and these teams offering him $600 million. You have to ask yourself as an organization, like, why am I being pit into this and, and strung into this? Like, what can I do with $600 million? Can I, get Yama- I could get Yamamoto, Snell, and Hayter. I would rather have all three of those dudes than just Otani because we all know one player, especially in baseball, makes way less of an impact than a guy, let's say, in the NFL, like a quarterback, or like one of the five players in a basketball court, or even in hockey at sometimes. Um, yeah, so, so like, I, I don't know. For me, the Otani thing, like we know as much information – as everyone else does, he operates clearly very differently. He's from a very different culture. It's not America where everyone knows everyone's business. I also think you have to go to the standpoint, again, like I said earlier, maybe he wants to pit people against each other and he doesn't want the Dodgers to get leaked out. Hey, we offered him $600 million. And that way the Giants, you know, be like, all right, I'm out, you know, or some other team be like, I'm out, where he can kind of control his own narrative and control his own destiny and control how people are being perceived. Now teams are being perceived in the hunt for him. 
as a baseball well, player. Well, if the Dodgers off, offer 600 million and the Angels offer 620, it's still not going to matter because he's going to go to the Dodgers. So. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. But he can go to the Dodgers and go, the Angels have offered me XYZ. And right. he can control yeah. the market and he can control the narrative around around his free agency. Because if it, if it, let's say it leaks out, Giants, Blue Jays, Angels, none of those teams are going above 450. Guess what? The Dodgers aren't going to $600 million because they're going to get him at five. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And I think a lot of it's speculation right now of like what he could command. I mean, pass and put out that he could potentially get over 600 million. But then the day, like that's just reporters, you know, throwing a number out there that's pretty arbitrary. But it's interesting that you say like what you can get for $600 million, you know, is is basically any of the top guys right now, multiple of them, right? You can probably get Bellinger, Snell, Yamamoto, uh, um, Hater. Like you might be able to get all four of those guys, maybe not all four, but three of the four for $600 million. And that right there is more of a, a championship mentality than just getting Otani. And at the end of the day, like I feel like this is the issue right now with all these big contracts is that the bigger the contract that you're shelling out there for a guy, the less competitive you're making your team because the rest of your roster has holes in it. You know what I mean? And it's the same thing like in the NFL. If like you, there's a reason why there's a cap space, right? And you can't you can't throw so much money at one guy because you have to allocate expenses everywhere else. So we're gonna get to a point now where like these guys have so much money that they're they're gonna chase money to a point where that they're only gonna be on mediocre teams because you can't fill the rest of a roster. And I think honestly that was part partially like one of the issues that the Padres had this year, like. They obviously had a lot of superstar talent. It was very top heavy. They had they had Tatis, they had Soto, they had Bogarts, they had Machado. They gave a big contract to Jake Cronenworth and Joe Mosgrove got a big extension. You Darvish got a big extension. But if you look at like the depth that they had, like you're fielding guys out there that probably shouldn't even be on a big league roster. You know, I mean, you know, your your catching was was shaky all season long. You know, the the rotation towards the end of the season wasn't deep. You know, when guys went down with injury, like you're just grasping at straws to throw triple a pitchers in there just to, to squeeze out some innings out of them. Your, your uh, bullpen, you know, like just trying to get the most out of guys that like aren't supposed to be in your regular day bullpen. So you look at like the Braves, right. Or you look at the Rangers where like top to bottom, like all those guys deserve to be on a major league roster and they're all starting players. I mean, the Braves have, have masterfully done, what you know every team probably tries to recreate is budgeting the perfect way right i mean they got everyone on steals like well, we're talking about how Acuna probably should probably fire his agent yeah albies like, too well i dude like i honestly get i would forget you, you toss this team and forget the braves who do do it the best throw a team like the rays in the mix yeah take the top player take the top players in the padres take machado tatis bogerts take snell all four of those guys, the four best players, 10 hater. Okay, fine. The best five players in the Padres from this past season. They're probably the best five players realistically on the Tampa Bay Rays. Like probably, but it doesn't matter because the rest of that Rays, one through nine, deep, can feel, can do everything, gets on base. Everyone well, pitches also, well. There's, there's the GM has a responsibility to the organization to not only bring in top-tier talent, but top-tier talent that makes sense on a ball club together, right? And that's... When you look at the Rangers, you look at a team like the Arizona Diamondbacks who made the World Series. They played a very particular style of baseball, but everyone that was on their team added to that style. They knew who they wanted to be. There's a real culture there, and I feel like San Diego felt very aimless with what they wanted to do, and you talked about it for the first half of the year. I mean, you beat the heck out of that drum. You were like, what? Are, what? No, it's a great word. It did feel very aimless. 
It was it yeah. Because like you, we had like how many we had times nine Nick, superstars and then just garbage. Well, Nick, how many times did you say like, what are we doing <laughs> Sorry, where, with our our hitting approach? What are we doing right? Like, what do we want to do? I don't know what we want to do. Like, no, there's it's well, not. We're trying to get on base. It's not. We're trying to you know. There wasn't yeah, an approach. The issue is like there was just so much pressure on all these hitters, and I, I think Jake Cronenworth will be will be the first one to tell you like he put a lot of pressure on himself, and like that's that shouldn't be the guy, but like for some reason, like they probably all felt this way, where it's like one of them felt like they had to pick up everyone else, and they all need to get the hitting train going, right? But they just wouldn't put together at the same time, and the approach was was ridiculous. But Josh, I mean, you bring up a really good point. I would say that baseball is different than the other sports, hockey. NFL, NBA, because on a given inning, there could be guys that make zero impact whatsoever on the outcome of you scoring runs or making outs. Like if if there's a, let's just say, the, the fourth inning of the game, right? There's a world where Tatis, Machado, and Soto don't touch the ball, don't make it at bat, don't have any impact whatsoever, right? And the NFL, every player is making an impact in every play. That's on the field. NBA, same thing. Same thing with hockey, but that's the issue with baseball is that you have innings where you can go one, two, three, right off the bat, out, 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 strike out, strike out, strike out, and it doesn't yeah. matter. And the other, you know, your one through three could be waiting for the next at bat and never get there because your seven through nine doesn't doesn't produce anything whatsoever. There's so no, that's the there's issue. no, there's no guys that space the floor in baseball. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It clog up the run so that the edge rushers get maybe, maybe like a catcher or a catcher or right fielder. You're not going to run on these guys because of their arm. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's a different position. I'm saying like Machado, there, there could be an inning where like there could be literally an inning where he doesn't get in a bat and he doesn't get a ball hit his way. And it could be the exact same inning where it happens to Tatis. Yeah. Two innings, two innings in a row. bro. That's 22% it, of the game. Yeah. It could be two. It could be two innings in a row where you're, you're, Six hitters go over over the entire game. It's crazy. And if you're one through three, you know, you know, does what they need to do, it's still not enough. Well, circling so back. Yeah. That's the issue with paying superstars these egregious amount of monies these days. And I don't know how you can combat it. I really, I really don't. Here's the only guy do. that can Fine. combat. <laughs> yeah. I would say the only guy that can combat it is is but then you can make your joke. Sorry, is is Otani because he does both. Because he does both. Like that's the only guy. He's but the thing is, he's getting paid like two players. He's getting paid like a pitcher and like a hitter. So you're still if he's getting six million, six hundred million dollars, it's three hundred million, two three hundred million dollar players. Yeah, what I was gonna say is, (laughs) let's, let's get even more psycho with our lineup with our when we submit our lineups let's put let's put tatis at the three let's put machado at the six and let's put soto at the nine that way basically they have to face a one two three every single inning no matter what boom That's, let's yeah. just try it out let's try it out okay the issue yeah, I, don't, I don't know how the egos would go if you're putting one of the superstars at the nine but you know hey they like, the yankees like hockey lines honestly yankees bought it off the yankees batted alfonso soriano like in their championship runs at the nine spot just saying, like, like no, it's an interesting. Concept. Concept. That's how deep ball, their man. team was. Like, that's like the, the like. But, that, well, but that's also the issue too with today's free agency and today's market is these guys want as most at bats as possible to showcase their talents. They want to inflate their stats. Right. So you know, you go up there in the lineup and you're hitting one, two, three. You're probably going to get you know a hundred more at bats than the guys that hit down down low. Yeah, I mean, Judge was leading off at, at lowest batting two, like. 15 years ago, Aaron Judge is batting nowhere but four. 
he's the cleanup hitter. The cleanup right. hitter almost doesn't really exist anymore. Right. And in that in that season, he hit 60 home runs. Like he probably hits 50, maybe even a little less because he has that many less at bats. Yeah. You had a guy like Derek Jeter hit number two because he was going to get on base. He was going to get a hit. Like right. that was like, and he was going to, he maybe he, maybe he gets to like, you know, 20 some home runs. Like, I don't even know what his career high is. I'd be shocked if it was in that realm. Like he doesn't have that necessary pop, but like he get he does like, you know, whatever, whatever I just said. And he plays the middle of the infield, the middle infielder always at second. Like they've totally like, ironically, like we talk about the positionless NBA, but the positionless and like the should like the, the archaic ways, the lineup are way more far gone than anything the NBA has for as far as like positionless NBAs. There is no rhyme or reason like to MLB lineups. Catcher would never like Jason Kendall, like this is just deep in the back, but he would never like, he's the only guy I knew a catcher that would hit first. Now you see like Mike Zanino batting 210, but he gets on base 30, you know, 36% of the time. So he's leading off like a random guy like that. Um, but yeah, Shohei Otani going to be very, very interesting. Um, very, very interesting to see how all that unfolds. So we'll see where he goes and we'll, we'll keep you guys up to date on that. Um, we'll take a hot, quick break. If you're listening on the mightier 1090 ESPN. This is the charity stripe on the mightier 1090 ESPN radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.